Hi there listeners, congratulations on downloading this fabulous, wonderful audio gold that is Apotheosis of a Bombast. Uh, we have, uh, well, I have a couple of disclaimers to announce first. Uh, firstly, apologies for it being so long in coming out. Not me coming out, the uh, show coming out. Um, yes, uh, it's been long because... Well, frankly, work and family and other little bits have been getting in the way, so apologies for that. And this episode took over two weeks to record. We had we had um, Skype problems and emergencies halfway through recording, so we've had to chop it and change it a little bit. It's taken over two weeks to get all together. That's why it's a little bit longer than uh, our regular one, so apologies there. Understand if you don't want to download it because it's an hour and blah 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 long. I I understand that. That's fine. Or if you want to, you could break it up into sections if you want. You know, if you've got a journey of thirty minutes, use it. Use the first half then, the second half in the middle, and the third half maybe in the bath, wherever you want to listen to it. Um, I think that's all I've got for you. Uh, once again, apologies. We do try and do this every week, but you know how it is. Anyway, it's it's free, so what are you moaning about? Anyway, here's Tim with the introduction. Ta-da! Hello there, this is Tim from the Appy Times podcast, and you're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bomb. Hello everyone, and welcome once again to An Apotheosis of a Wombast, episode number 33. We don't actually know the title yet, because we haven't sorted out our moral, as we always do, but you listeners already know the title, which is a bit strange. But anyway, <laughs> um, another stuttering start. I'm Elton McManus, he's Scott Copperman, and we're here, here to entertain you. So, shall we proceed with the proceedings this is yes. rubbish that's <laughs> no, fine it's fine how are you anyway i'm very good very good i want to thank uh the various people who submitted some bumpers for us for you know some promotional bits and and whatever you would i guess bumpers is the right word yeah yeah we've got bumpers that are going on the start of our programs yeah so this is probably the second episode in which you've heard them mixed in but it's really our first chance to say Thank you. So yes. thank you to those who contributed. And more, please. Please send more. Doesn't matter how many times, just lots more. And uh, big thank you to Happy Times, Little Pod of Horrors, and Creeping with Armstrong for actually playing our uh, promos as well. So big thank you very much to them. Yes. And I'll stick yes. all their, um, their websites in our show notes so you can find out who they are and where they come from. But how are you doing? Everything's good where you are? Yeah, I'm... I'm good. Uh, I nearly died this week. No, last week. Oh. Which is, <laughs> How was that? Which is quite good. Um, I don't know if you've ever read my old blog, which I haven't touched for, for well, six months now. Mm-hmm. I, I had a near-death experience in Southend-on-Sea where a uh, an old lady jumped into her car. and I think it was an automatic. She must have just had her foot on the accelerator, turned on the engine, 
and the wheels have spun and it's shot straight over the road where I was thinking of walking and it's mm-hmm. ploughed into a big pillar box a big double pillar box and I've got a picture of it after um, if it hadn't gone into that pillar box it would have either mowed me down or many hundreds of people in the pedestrianised area which was around about 10 foot away I suppose so that would have been on the news but I, for some reason I decided not to cross the road I was going to cross the road and I was like oh no I'll, I'll do it later on and if I had a crossroad, I would have been pinned to this letterbox, which is not the best thing to happen to you two in a no. day. No. But um, last week, almost exactly the same thing happened in a, um, where was I working? I was working in a golf club, and I was working near a wall. All of a sudden, I heard screeching the tyres, and this car just went kablammo into this brick wall literally five foot away from where I was I was like bloody hell if it had hit this wall let's say a a foot to the left hand side of of the wall the car would have spun round and the back would have taken me and another guy out and then that would have been little um, Elton floating up with little angel wings on his back (laughs) playing a little harp like in a Red Bull commercial yeah that's right yeah that would have been me (laughs) cars give you wings (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was, it was pretty shaky stuff. I don't know why these people keep doing it to me. It's women over 50 in really tiny cars seem to want to kill me. So I'm guessing <laughs> the next time it happens will be the third time lucky. So if you hear about a, a guy who got killed by a, a lady who's 50 in a very small car, then that would probably be me. Were you alone? Was it uh, like family with you or anything? No, I was actually at work, and a, a guy from the site, from the actual golf course, was there with me. He's one of the maintenance guys there. He's heard the skidding, and we haven't seen the car from come from anywhere. We've just turned around, looking in the direction of the sound, and then all of a sudden this car's just gone, zoom, and hit the wall right in front of our eyes. And whoa, oh. hang on, that that's not supposed to happen. So yeah, it's, it's quite scary stuff. So beware if you're around me and you hear some screeching tires. You may want to dart out of the way. So did you go home and uh, kind of give up? You know, I'm not doing anything. I, you know, some people throw that out there and say, like, I after what I've been through, I'm done. I'm I'm not doing anything. I almost died today. You, I'd love they... to, but no, you, you can't do it anymore. Not anymore, anyway. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless an airplane falls on your head or a bus plows through a load of people and you're, you're there helping them for the rest of the day then no you, you still have to work you're expected to work but I got pictures of the car as I did the last time I'm, I made sure the lady was okay let's pull it like that we uh, in the first instance there was me and a couple of other pedestrians we made sure the lady was okay got her out got her into the ambulance and then I took a picture of the car because I wanted a little yeah. I, I think I'm entitled to have a little picture yep, of my yeah momentous occasion and the same thing happened again in this one she didn't need an ambulance she reversed her car away but we made sure she was okay once she's okay yeah click 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 you're fair game i'm allowed to take a picture of that (laughs) (laughs) you know it's weird i i fell once and uh like i i fell on a wet floor hit my head and 
end up having a concussion but not knowing it. And so someone had said, are you you're okay? People help me. I said, no, I'm fine. And then I went went about my day and proceeded to slur my words, make mistakes I never made. But I was convinced I was fine. So, you know, I can imagine uh, the same kind of thing with the car. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are you right? Do you need an ambulance? No, no, no. It would be tough for me to sit there and be like, are you sure? You, you just you just crashed. There's something yeah. must be something's not right. But um hopefully she was just fine. No, she just seemed distracted. fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Um what else has happened to me? I went up to Leeds to meet everyone from the Sim- simply syndicated meetup and everyone's cool. There's no ex murderers there and Well that's good. Everyone's <laughs> absolutely blinding. I I don't know what I was expecting, but everyone there, everyone I met, um who did I meet? Dales, Jenny, Carl Bosman from Here Goes Nothing, um, Will Tristram, uh, Michael Storer, Richard and Allison from Richard and Allison, Super Happy Fun Time, uh, Oh Look Pretty on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Your IFN, I'm trying to think of any other anyone else. Did Next anybody up, travel sorry. a ridiculous distance, like just to the point that it was beyond propriety? Like, Yes, I did. Well, I not think, you. Yeah, I, th- I think I was <laughs> oh, the f- the only person. The farthest? Oh, yeah, the furthest one. So about three and a half hours, but that's not too bad. Sometimes you get the person who whose priorities are just a little out of whack, and I mean it's it's nice when they're passionate, or or some people just have the time and ability to do certain things. But you get the you know from all the way from Nevada in the United States, they hop on a plane, they fly out just to have. A beer with with people. Yeah, that's uh, mental. It's like jumping on a bus or a train. Yeah, I I mean I can I can see some people are eccentric like that, and and you know who those people are. You know that there are that's just the way they are, and so yeah. you, you don't judge them that way. And and sometimes someone is so passionate about something they'll they'll decide it's their one time they're going to splurge and treat themselves to something that might seem a little crazy. Yeah. But similarly, you sometimes get that person who just just like, yeah, yeah, we're all gonna meet up. We're all gonna meet up, and like, um, yeah, we met the people within a six-hour radius, not those of you who live on the other side of the planet. Yeah, that's right. But no, it was it was a good experience, and hopefully there'll be many more to come because I I'd, I'd like to do it again. It was a great great laugh. Yeah, there's definitely people that I know online that I I would like to meet in real life. I always worry though. How much can go on? I mean, going to meet someone, having a few drinks, and putting a face with a name and a voice and all, that's one thing. But then you start to get, okay, I, I can sit and have conversations at a good speed when I'm half working, half playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can do that. But one-on-one conversation, it doesn't flow just as nicely sometimes. Mm. You know, I mean, like you and I, with with what we do, that works out really well. But the I can picture there's other people who I, I can get along with real well and communicate great with, it seems, at Twitter speed. Yeah. <laughs> but in a room, it's kind of like, all right, uh, so. Yeah, you start scratching for yeah. things to do. Yeah. Wouldn't that be disappointing? You don't want to burst the bubble. No, that's right. Oh, and my house is um, overtaken by spiders and ladybirds, mm-hmm. which is rather peculiar. We had loads and loads of ladybirds last year, and... They tend to hide in a corner and just sit there and all cuddle up, which is rather weird. Hmm. And spiders, spiders are everywhere, man. 
They're absolutely everywhere. You walk out in my front door and you, you walk through spider webs. It's horrible. It's like being in Indiana Jones or something like yeah. that. But yeah, that's that's my life for now anyway. Ah. It's, it's all right. It's, that's uh, busy enough mm. to dodge death and be fighting off swarms of insects. But so then we'll move on to the news. Yes. Have you got anything that you've seen or heard? Uh, The things I find, they they just have a dated feel to it. Okay. Well, I saw one uh, courtesy of Mr. Schnoobs on Twitter. Okay. It was, um, it's quite a serious um, story, actually. It's a a man is charged over burglar murder. Now, um, where is this from? doesn't say it's actually from today and Mm. a man has been charged with murdering a 17 year old who was stabbed after breaking into his home in nottingham now how do you feel about these stories because i i feel if someone breaks into my house then all their rights are gone straight away they shouldn't be in my house so that's it all done and dusted i i'm well within my rights to do what i want i i can see that i mean i i think because there was, there was yeah. a famous case over here where um, a, a couple of people were robbing this farmer. It's a very, very famous case. I can't remember the name or the details of it, but someone robbed this guy's house or this guy's farmhouse and he ended up shooting one of these people, one, one of these burglars. But the thing mm-hmm. was, the reason he got sent to jail, he shot him in the back as he was running away. Now, that's totally different that's not self-defense at all that's get off my land bang 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 and then you shoot them they're running away they're leaving yeah but well that's he's that was my hesitation when you were saying like i mean i think like if if someone comes someone makes the mistake and they try to to back out you you don't have to let them go completely free but <laughs> well, you can tie them up and yeah tickle them but you and... can't sit there and and uh like oh too late yeah, <laughs> like a horror movie. Gates come down. Yeah, you're in my house now, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, I see. It, it doesn't really explain the details of this case. This guy could have been running away. He may have been stabbed in the back. He may have been stabbed in self-defense. We don't know. It doesn't actually say in the story. But with the case of the farmer, I can understand him getting put away. I can understand him shooting because I think there was. Uh, these guys had robbed this farm, uh, this farmer's house a couple of times and the police hadn't done anything about it and they'd set up precautions to stop them and yet they still broke in because it was an easy target. So he got, just got pissed off and went, right, that's it, I'm going to shoot you. Mm. And he went, kablamo, and he shot the guy in the back. I think the guy died from it. So I understand that, but fr- I don't keep anything around me per se, but I know exactly where stuff is around my house so I can go, well, I've got this plastic sword or yeah. I've got this wooden door. Don't make or... me use my hair dryer. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a lethal alarm clock thrower. And <laughs> I, I think anything can be used as a weapon, but I think you have to draw the line. Is If someone steps over my threshold, I, I haven't invited them in, then... It's all fair game. They've totally uh, wiped the slate clean of all their rights, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, I think 
we, we had a similar conversation about um, when you lose something, when you lose and find something, like that yeah. the law kind of has these oh, built-in the lost and things. Found stuff, yeah. Right. And I, I suspect there's probably the same kind of, of checks in place law legally in terms of like the person who overreacts, you know, d- gives a disproportionate response to whatever happens. Like you, you've, <laughs> you've knocked on my door after eight, stuck your foot in to keep me from closing the door. And now you're, yeah. I'll shoot that foot <laughs> and take, take all your toes off. Well, yeah, no, because I there are people who, who go bizarre that way. Plus then there's the, the sense of territory of this is my land. Well, I, I don't know if it's your land. You know, it's an apartment building, Mister. You live on the fifteenth floor. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't claim all the property in the parking lot and stuff. But but I, I think it's another case of the law kind of protecting the sane from the crazy. Yeah, but um, but in general, no, I would agree. The in general, you know, the the guy's walked in, he's broken in, he's there to nick stuff, so he's fair game. But I don't think if say someone broke in and then I caught someone, tied them up and stuck them in front of the TV and made them watch Jeremy Kyle for the next 12 <laughs> hours or EastEnders or Tom and Jerry, maybe. And then I'd be in violation of his human rights because I'm making him watch Jeremy Kyle. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are laws and I can't hold him there indefinitely. So, you know, I, I can understand that, but maybe the moral is don't rob people's houses. I'm I'm not too sure. Just, you know, <laughs> people, stop it. There's no need for it. That's, no, you're right. It is it is kind of like creating your own your own misfortune. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from there. What else have I heard? Let me send you this story quickly. All right. Okay. This one is uh, from today, uh... October the 27th, and it's Monster Shark Bites Great White in Half near Stanbrook Island. I think this is in Australia. Mm-hmm. Now, um, fishermen have pulled up a... Uh, About a nine-foot shark. Yeah, it's, it's a nine-foot shark. Really. Yeah, they caught a shark about the size of a person and then one three times as big. <laughs> Took a bite out of it? Yeah, it, it, they actually pulled this shark up with bites out of it. It's not as it's been pulled up. I think they found it swimming around like this with bites out of it. But it, it just goes to show that, you know, th- this shark that they pulled up is huge anyway. But you can see the actual bite mark out of this shark right around just under its fin. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely ginormous. You know, you imagine the mouth on that thing. And so people around the island are, are getting a bit wary and they're, you know, they're checking all their catch fences so this huge, enormous shark doesn't break through. Right, so they they found the shark with the bite in it, or this, they actually saw the other one come up and go after it? Ah, oh, here we go. Swimmers were warned to stay out to the water of Stanbrook Island after the shark mauled another smaller great white shark which had been hooked on a baited drumline. I'm I'm just wondering whether they were actually pulling this shark in and it took a bite or not. No, I see what you're saying. It's it's confusing. It's it's written in a strange way. Just Let's see. Basically, they captured a badly injured shark, and so they don't. Nobody's seen the other one, but they know there must be something big to have done that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's but an they... indication of a much larger one being the area. Yeah. Have you actually seen the size of these bite mark out of this shark, though? Yeah, I, though I'm just skeptical of anything now. Any pictures? Really? You think this might have been photoshopped? It seems unlikely. I mean, for it, it doesn't look like it's uh, scarred over. They look fresh. Mm. The wounds. But it just gets you wondering about the great monsters that we haven't actually seen down there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so much ocean down there that we haven't seen. They reckon that we know more about space than we actually do about under the water. And it's just, are there big great octopuses or squids or giant sharks or anything like that? You know, we don't actually know, do we? No, you're right. But yeah, it's just a, a spooky reminder of Mother Nature saying, you think you're the biggest? Aha, how about mm-hmm. this great big shark? Did you ever hear one thing people say about uh, like humans as opposed to other species is that we're the, one of the only ones that hunt for fun? Yeah, I've heard other that. Other species supposedly only kill for food and hunger. Mm-hmm. And and then I guess in there somewhere too was I, I thought I had heard something like we're the only ones that that kind of kill kill each other, but that can't be true. I think over territory. Animals kill each other, don't they? Or over females. It's normally either women or houses, isn't it? But do they kill? I'm trying to think of all the things I've seen on the Discovery Channel. They might, like, duel, and and you might have one that ends up being fatally injured, but it's not like a, I hate him, I'm going to go, and like, no, it's, it's jealousy-inspired. There's no emotion. No, it's not a random attack on, you know, you're walking down the road and... An antelope decides another antelope doesn't like that antelope, and so they attack and kill it. it that that doesn't happen, does it? I don't know. I you know, do, do you think animals have emotions? I yeah. mean, more than just like a a dog gets kind of like that sad look and all, but like, uh, do you ever see the movie Orca? No, I'm guessing it's, it's about a, a whale. It's about yeah, the killer whales, but it's a uh, in the movie. Uh, uh, like a mother whale, its its baby is killed and by a fisherman, and it's this whale it just seeks revenge mm-hmm. for the rest of its life about, against the fisherman. But, Isn't that uh, like Moby Dick? Yeah, it's a lot like that. Well, although this has a clear, like whales are are sentient, feeling kind of things. Mm. But I think in real life, they tell stories of. Um, Animals kind of sacrifice, like a mother will sacrifice itself for the baby or, mm-hmm. I, you hear both extremes. Some some species, the young are left to fend for themselves and other species, and especially whales, you get that kind of um, defending the young against predators. I'd say a lot of mam- uh, mammals would be very parental. Definitely, mm-hmm. you have the parental instincts and... I, you know, like a polar bear would look after its cubs. A normal bear would look after its cubs. A lion would look after that its cubs. Humans look after their babies, don't they? Most mm-hmm. humans look after their babies. And you get that. But I, when it comes to fish, I, I just see it as if they're hungry, they, they feed. If they're not hungry, they don't pick a fight. Or they won't just go out and bite something in half for the the sake of biting it in half. I think there has to be a reason or a motivation to actually do it. Yeah. Whether it's tough it's tough for me to, to really 
get a handle on that whole idea that there's different levels of consciousness. Like, like you, you will see a dolphin or a dog kind of protect a human once in a while. There, there's some implication of an emotional attachment, but yeah. I don't see that in like a goldfish. And every once in a while, I'll sit and think about that goldfish that's sitting in a one by one tank. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wonder if it's being, you know, you, if you did that to a dog, you put it in a pen, you hear the dog whimper and whine and like, please let me out. Please, please, please. Or you go to the yeah. zoo and the animals just look so sad. Yeah, a lot of but, them do look sad, don't they? But the, the stick insects don't look sad. The, uh, no, the ants or the aquarium. don't look sad. Yeah, the, things, the fish just sitting there staring. And then I, it goes like another level. Every once, every once in a while, and it, I don't, I'm not crazy, but I have that thought sometimes when I'm working in the yard. Or, like, you know, so grass is alive. What, what if at some point we come to find that like there's a whole con- a different kind of consciousness for plants well can't don't they say trees can talk to each other they can actually warn of um, diseases that go between the two trees oh, they, well, they can't do much about it they i think they i i swear i've seen a program about that and trees actually talk to each other not in the um um excuse me uh, I'm a tree, you're a tree. Um, there's something growing on me. Watch out. Nothing like that. But there's a vibe given off. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, cause sometimes I, know. I feel rude walking through their conversations. Because you'd, <laughs> you'd walk through a, a wood or in between trees and you'd be like, well, hang on, I'm talking here. And they can't really get up and move or anything like that, can they? But th- there's... A certain vibe of of life and you know animals know when there's uh, disasters about to strike they they fly away for you know hurricanes or yeah earthquakes and stuff like that and they, they, there's a connection there and it just seems like the humans may have lost that connection maybe yeah i i I think we classify so quickly that these lesser consciousnesses are they might be alive biologically but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're of a different value than than like a whale, a dolphin, a person, a mm. dog, a cat. Um, but then I also think too, like in science fiction, what what's to keep some other society, some other species from having a a higher level of consciousness, and to which we're nothing more than yeah, you know that when you when you're sweeping your patio and you're brushing away the ants and like yes, they spent uh, half their lifetime building that colony. Gone, gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how many times have you done that? Though I've done that loads of times. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. But every once in a while, I get that moment of profound, uh, I guess, philosophy. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'll give you this. Um, I'm a firm believer of there being lots of life out there in space and mm-hmm. on other planets. I, I believe that there's just too much room out there for there not to be other life i don't okay. think we'll don't think we'll ever meet i don't think aliens are actually coming down there even though the the alien films scare the bejesus out of me but i believe that there's tons and tons the actual universe is teeming with it but consider this if it wasn't and the earth is the only planet ever ever and from now on to sustain life how much more important does that ant colony's life mean to everyone? Oh, yeah. It just 
blows it out of proportion. It just means, no, you can't kill them because they're alive and nothing else is. Oh, you're right. And I, I think also if we find life on another planet, it may be at first it is visually the equivalent of like a pool of algae. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they find uh, bacteria or insects or something. And I, I think there's a real risk that we're going to end up going with those same notions of, oh, it looks like a praying mantis. Uh, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, squish. <laughs> unless you're a uh, yeah, unless you're a ten year old kid who's been reading comic books, you're going to have a hard time shaking the idea that it is an insect. Hmm. That'd be Which bizarre. I, I think I know uh, V is coming out very soon, and part of the premise of V is is these aliens recognize a need to look friendly, to look familiar to and that's a common science fiction theme theme where we see what we would consider grotesque or at least strange looking creatures doing their best to take a human form. Yeah. Uh, because they recognize that that's a need not only to infiltrate us but just for acceptance. And uh, I I have to think that a a true spacefaring society is going to recognize that just like we, when we go into the ocean, you know, we at this point we go and we make uh, go on diving expeditions and we put our submersible down and all. Hmm. But if we try at first to check something and and not disturb the territory for scientific purposes, yeah, you get like the camera dressed up as a gorilla. You get your <laughs> your robot that looks like a dolphin that you're kind of having go out there and swim with them. Well, yeah. Even unnaturally, we take on their form. If we go, if you have a nature program uh, looking at whales, say, we put flippers on, we put goggles on, we put a suit on, and we're not intentionally trying to look like them, but maybe in their mind's eye, they're like, oh, they're, they're slightly like us because they have like wavy little flippers at the back. And yeah, it's not intentional, but it does happen. Right. Part of it is, is function. You know that in that environment they've evolved to the the perfect form for that, but part of it is not standing out. Yeah, and being a distraction. Yeah. I, do you remember when they had the two movies? They had Armageddon and they had um, the other disaster film with the asteroid hitting Deep the Earth. Deep Impact. Yes. Okay. What was so, your favorite out of them two first? I enjoyed the movie Armageddon more. I liked the science fiction of Deep Impact more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was. I enjoyed all the explosions on Armageddon, but then I watched Deep Impact a couple of times and then realized that was the better movie out of the two. Yeah, it's, I agree. Anyway, go on, sorry. But, so when those movies came out and you had a real reaction of, hey, do we have a plan for something's coming? And there was at least a little bit of buzz about what's out there and, and uh, does the world and the U.S. in particular have a plan and what would NASA do? And I, I still see the occasional things on the Discovery Channel where they talk about what what we anticipate might come close in the future and what we could do about it. But Star Trek IV had a, a, a pretty, well, it was silly in a lot of ways, but it had a pretty powerful message too. That that's the whale one, isn't it? That's the whale one. And, and for, I actually, there's a lot of things in that movie I don't like. But I, I do like, in particular, the fact that they say, you know, there could be a species that is coming to look for its evolutionary cousins, and it's not humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
nothing. No, no. Uh, I mean, you get the whole like Greenpeace. We got to respect the whales, but whales are already kind of up there as like the most humanish creatures in the sea. Well, yeah, whales yeah. and dolphins. So they already get some reverence and protection, but no, no sense of the humans weren't the top of the chain all along. Something happened to the previous kings. <laughs> Whether it was an after, you know, they had Armageddon a deep impact and didn't learn their lesson. So no, that's right. It just seems like uh, we're definitely a, a race of consumers. <laughs> well, I think we're only here for a blip, anyway. To be honest, look, yeah. look how the way we had dinosaurs before, and they were there for what 160 odd million years yeah. throughout all their ages, and then it took a allegedly uh, a meteorite strike to wipe all of them out, mm-hmm. then how differently life evolved straight after that? It didn't all all of a sudden uh, come up with new dinosaurs, did it? The mammals had taken over and then they're the only ones that really survived, but life yeah. didn't evolve back to dinosaurs, did it? It evolved in a totally different tangent to what what it was going on in the first place. Right, I would think if you took 20 Earths and uh, made slight variations, either, you know, one, the Earth is slightly farther away, one slightly closer to the sun, one is the same spot, but the dinosaurs don't face the whatever caused them to go away. And you took 20 slight alterations along at any point in the, I guess the right word is uh, intermediate stages, mm-hmm. they could look very different. One's, yeah, one's, vastly different. But I think if you go to the end, if there is an end, it, there's going to be a, a most versatile form which survives all the little hiccups along the way. So, you know, for example, something happened on our planet and dinosaurs didn't survive, but the mammals did you know the smaller mammals evolved into us and if something happens to us there's going to be a form that survives that mm-hmm. i would think that in the end result of of surviving all the things that could be thrown at you is going to be something buggy like in uh not starship troopers maybe not as big as the tar- like i think size becomes an issue for other things but yeah i mean it, all those little variations heat cold National natural disasters, variations in gravity that that the ultimate survival form, just based on what seems to work when we make robots, we make robots that look like bugs. Yeah. <laughs> the robots that look like humans can't they, do very much. They have hard skins as well, don't they? They have their exoskeleton on the outside, and yes. all, all their soft bits on the inside. Exactly. We we don't. If you try to build a, a dinosaur robot or a human robot, it would have shortcomings. That that these bug ones can't, you know. And so I I think if you were to say like so, there's another planet somewhere where life has evolved. You know, maybe it, at this point in their evolutionary pattern, they're very very different from mm. us. But I think if you get if you can fast forward far enough, there will be some commonality. You know, able to survive when their pollution took over and the radiation levels were high and the ice age and so we'd all end up in roughly the same point anyway, with the the uh, the the main animal or the the main predator on the island on the planet I, would actually be I, roughly the same. 
yeah, I think think all headed the same direction, and possibly all starting from the same point also. Mm-hmm. They used to have um, some real basic computer games, but that I, not Spore, but you go way back, and it would be like like that you had a petri dish basically where you would put bacteria, and then based on where you put yours and I put mine in the game, we could get to very different end results of how things would evolve and. I still think though, like toward the end, the one that, the form that would survive the game at the very end would have to be very common. You'd have to have certain qualities to get through mm. everything. That's mm. pretty profound. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Slight digression. Well, if I wanted feedback, we'll get it now. <laughs> yeah, come on, you gotta give us some. Send us your drawings of big, dirty dinosaurs and yeah. big, scary monsters. Come on, kids. Yeah, just what what do you think what do you think would be the most adapted to long long like long long term everyone says cockroaches don't they? Yeah, I well I think but see that's the best suited for right now. But what about in a lesser gravity environment? Are they maybe too small? I think there's probably a, a most versatile size, most versatile shape. I'm sure there are. Let's, let's take your situation when you have 20 planets exactly the same and you've put yours you've changed variants in your planets haven't you mm-hmm. let's take 20 planets and don't change anything about them at all I think if you put life on each of one of them they'd all work out different anyway I think life is so versatile and it's just a flip of a coin it's just a, a uh, a one or a zero that changes, X or Y or whatever it is that changes, and I think it's so versatile and so different and wide range. You're you're you'll end up with twenty different planets totally. Well, yeah, that's you have different plants on different spots of the world. You have it's just one change that purple lizards everything. And, yeah, and I I think when you think of what do you see in every in every environment. There are certain things you do see, and, and I guess they are insects. Mm. You have insects in the core. Well, well, yeah, they're, they're all over the planet, aren't they? They outnumber yeah. us by, what, a million to one, probably? Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, let's get off insects, because <laughs> they're, they're creepy <laughs> and they have more legs to Yeah, I'm me. starting to think of those little mites and things. Do you ever hear, and one last thing, do you ever hear, like that on, on your body at any given time, there's like all little critters, microscopic critters, that doesn't bother me, to be honest. It's more oh. sleeping at night and eating a spider that bothers me than oh. you know waking up full up and going, hmm, and you have a li- little leg hanging out your mouth. And... <laughs> so Getting that, that little me bite more. that you scratch and it turns out to be a spider's laid eggs in your cheek, that kind of thing. Yeah, I've heard stories about that, but did yeah. it ever really happen to anyone? I don't, I don't it, know. It probably did, but... I don't know. I don't it's think a it search for later. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think it happens in the ha- the hammer horror way that everyone portrays it. In. You know, someone's right. in the bath, scratches away. Oh, this is a bit itchy, and oh, I'm infested with little tiny spiders that will eat me. Yeah, well, that's because they defy mass. You have a little <laughs> a little blister on your cheek, and out of it pour three gallons worth of spiders. Mm. You know, if you have that kind of thing inside you you'd have to have this massive cantaloupe sized growth on the side of your face <laughs> so. that'd be gross you wouldn't pull anyone <laughs> with that 
and everyone would point and stare at you. Yeah. Melon head. He'd be a literal melon head. <laughs> You're listening to an apotheosis of a bombast. Right, I thought I'd give Oddie a little chance to redeem itself, and I was poking around on here, and I found the the twelve the twelve accidental deaths you won't believe. Have you got Jeez. the link there? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right, I just thought I might as well run from 12 to 1 on this link. Number 12 on the list is, uh, we have a 76-year-old man. He was killed when his ambulance stretcher he was strapped to rolled down an A-grade hill and overturned. Basically, this guy, <laughs> he was stre- uh, strapped onto this stretcher and it's rolled down the hill, unattended, and I think it's turned over and smacked him on the head and he, he actually died from his head injuries from this. Yeah, my first thought was, why was he strapped to the stretcher? But it says on here that he's being transported from the nursing home to just a doctor's office for an appointment. Yeah. So. I know, it must have been from like an, an elderly person's home or somewhere like that, just on a routine check. And the poor old sod has gone run away, hasn't he? Yeah. Poor little fella. So now the the source material for this this bit of news is the New York Times. And so they have a, a link that takes you there and it says the version of this article appeared Saturday, May 4th, 1991 on page 8 of the New York Times. But it's two sentences. This whole man's life and death reduced to two sentences. Just exactly what you said. A 76-year-old man died Wednesday after an ambulance stretcher he was strapped to rolled down a grade and overturned. The man, Edward Jukinowitz of Cannonsburg, was being transported Monday from a nursing home to a doctor's office for an appointment. Now, had he been, I mean, it sounds awful, but had he been on like an eight-year-old girl, it would be the outrage and like, you know, what was the ambulance attendant doing? And yeah. I'll bet he was on a cell phone and, or, you know, some pretty uh, college girl or a famous some, uh, person. You know. Yeah. Guy come home comes home from Iraq and he's he's being transported. But this poor man who may have done great things in his life, he may have been just a, an outstanding father, grandfather, citizen in general, and just two column inches, and that's all he gets. Yeah, it's and it's and it's that. no reflection on it's not his fault. I mean, no, I'm sure he wants more. Yeah, I don't mean to be putting him down in that way, but I just mean, but what a shame to have your your life reduced. Basically, to a Twitter tweet. <laughs> In fact, the link to this article is probably longer than the article itself. Yeah. That's sad. Oh. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Italian stripper suffocates to death inside a surprise cake. There was a, a stag party, and friends were curious when the stripper failed to jump out of the huge cake. Assuming she was no longer in there, that received a nasty surprise when they found a dead body inside. This 23-year-old stripper had actually suffocated inside this sealed cake. <laughs> now that's a way to go. It does sound like a bit of urban legend. And then you add in yeah. her name, you know, Gina Lalapola. Like, of course she's a stripper. Of, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I guess it's true. This also has a source link, although the source link is... <laughs> One Strange World blog, so I don't know. I don't know where his source is. 
yeah, it's, it's another urban legend, but it's, it's nice to think that it actually happened. Sort of. Yeah. Then what, so what kind of party? This was a bachelor party? It must be. A uh, stag party, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so all, all the guys are around there going, yeah, look at this lovely big cake. And, okay, surprise. And they're kicking the cake. Surprise. <laughs> kicking the cake. <clears throat> we said surprise. <laughs> like, so far, these first two things, I think I've seen both of these in cartoons at some point. Oh, yeah. I'm no, sure it, it had Acme written on the, the cake somewhere as well. If if you were part of the, uh, the groomsmen for this, this wedding, this party, and this happens, do you throw a second party? Or do you just say, hey, man, I'm sorry, we're just not doing it? I'd say if you throw a second party, you um, don't get a big cake with a stripper in it. <laughs> Go I'd for say, a pie, something shallow, in case she has to stand up and get air. Or maybe just a normal cake on a plate and go, you know, why, why do you have a, a, a cake at a stag party? Jello. You could do jello so you can see through and you can see what's going on inside. <laughs> that's another warped mind there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All um, right, number 10. Number 10. Stewardess was sucked out of a plane after decompression. Now, I think this is a very famous story, actually. On April 28th, 1988, a Boeing 737 serving a flight to... Uh, I can't remember where it was. It's Hawaii. Oh, was it Hawaii? Uh, it suffered extensive damage after an explosive decompression in flight. Basically, the top half, possibly six or seven rows of uh, chairs... The roof was actually blown off, and she—I think she was serving drinks and collecting cups, and she was just sucked out. Now, would she be sucked out or forced out? Because you're compressed inside, aren't you? Yeah, the air is under great pressure, so. Yeah, all the air inside the cabin is pushing out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's less pressure out, so she's sucked out or forced out, because there's a difference, or hmm. is there? I'm not sure. It, it, the picture looks just like uh, a scene from Lost. Yeah. It's literally half the airplane. Roof ruptured, explosive decompression, tore off large section of the roof, causing the entire top half of the aircraft skin to come off. And then, uh, I don't know. I think I've seen a full shot of this plane, and it is amazing that it actually landed like that. Mm-hmm. There's literally half the plane gone from the, what the top half of the plane is missing. It's like a, big sunroof on this aeroplane and there's passengers still strapped in their seats and you can't imagine what's going through their mind at the time you know window view okay according to passengers accounts lansing was sucked through a hole in the side of the airplane that's mental i wonder what again another thing like right out of uh right out of the the cartoons and the movies this is like three Hard to believe, but this one definitely is well documented. Like you said, it's it's a it's a pretty famous incident. Mm. Uh, moving on to the next one, a teenage girl dies after getting hit by a hockey puck. I don't know if you've ever heard of this story. Uh, I've I've suspected things like this could happen. I've been to the hockey games and seen how they have it all set up. Yeah. But, uh, have you I ever seen know. that episode of Friends where Ross gets clomped on the face with a hockey yeah. puck? Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine it's just like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's a shame that the little girl died from it, but and it's quite recent as well, two thousand and two. 
Yeah, it just has to be a fluke of angles because they have nets, they have the glass, but certainly there are windows of um, free space hmm. that a puck can go. And if it, I guess if it's all the perfect circumstances, yeah, well, the- just like with a baseball game, you know, or, or anything really, if it's driven with enough force, golf. If it just happens to be an errant shot that goes the right angle, yeah. Well, they have perspex all the way around the uh, the ring as well, don't they? Yeah, oh, but they're not they're not very high. They're only uh, uh, I don't think it's more than maybe fifteen twenty feet compared mm. to the bleachers, you know, which you could launch one at a sharp angle and it will, it'll still hit the bleachers somewhere. Right, I see. Nice. That's pretty sad. tragic. Okay, let's move on to some funnier ones, which aren't really funny, but we'll, we'll see. An entire soccer team dies after being struck by lightning during a match. Now, I've actually seen this on YouTube. I'm In the Congo, say. right? Yeah. Republic of Congo? Repun- Republic of... Well, the Democratic Republic of Congo and another team. And it's like a flash. It's not a fork lightning. I think it's just a sheet lightning. And it's just knocked everyone down on the pitch and I think it says 11 people actually died from this mm-hmm. which is quite mental to be honest well uh, even more that all of one team died and the other team was completely unhurt act of God that's what it seems like That's I'm sure that's how it's being spun in some circles yeah I'd imagine Yeah. in the of- source article on the, the BBC site it says uh the Kinshasa Daily Newspaper said local opinion, known to believe in charms and spells, is divided over whether someone has cursed the team. Ooh. It was going to come out, wasn't it? You know, God's on yeah. one team and his team's losing, so he strikes them all down with the sheet lightning. But you can find this on YouTube, and it is, it's quite shocking, to be honest, mm. just to watch everyone fall to the floor. Now, I've I've had lightning strike near me, but possibly... Three, four hundred meters away, mm-hmm. and even from that distance, I saw it strike the top of the building, and it was bloody loud, really loud when it hit. And it's really scary when it hits as well. And that was, you know, quite a fair distance away. Yeah, I've been in a field and had a storm come in, and and like just wide open uh, Midwest plains, and kind of with a friend we ran back and the only thing in the field besides us was brush like a meter or two high and there was a barbed wire fence and so we thought the smart thing to do was to run not right next to the fence but maybe five ten feet away from the fence Mm because the fence was higher up than us and metal and would conduct and lightning did hit the fence but not where we were right and uh i mean it knocked us down you felt like the charge of the heat and all come off it yeah that's i i can definitely remember that and but i, I don't know what you're supposed to do and they say even that you know it travels to the ground do you, do you ever see lightning hit sand you ever see the lightning fossils no i'd imagine it turns it straight to glass though doesn't yeah, it? yeah it's pretty cool you get like this lightning fork shape of glass wow it's pretty neat. My uh, my son's kind of into watching the different things on the Discovery Channel now about storms and and lightning and all. I've never seen that, though, but it'd be quite cool to actually come across it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that tra- obviously, all these deaths are tragic, but if you're going to look for 
something quirky about them. This is definitely, you know, you know, God wiped out one team and left the other one to advance. It's probably with some sort of tournament. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd imagine so, yeah. Somewhere along the lines. But... It's always a tournament. They never just play for fun. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. American football, you don't have draws, do you? Or ties. Uh... You play to the death, really, don't you? In soccer? Or no, in, in your football? In, in your yeah, we football. do penalty kicks. We'll do to, to settle it. Really? So you can't go home on a score draw or a, a, just a draw game? Not for hockey or soccer. But in, in North American football, uh, you can tie as long as it's not part of a, a playoff game. Wow, that'd be so much more violence if we had to settle it there and then every <laughs> single week. I don't think we'd take it. No. Now, there's something to be said for being willing to accept a, a tie. Yeah. Right, moving swiftly on again. Mm-hmm. Man dies. I feel really bad after saying this person dies, that person dies. But well, anyway. it'll get worse. <laughs> it's our theme <laughs> for links today, but we'll, we'll just leave it at that for now. Okay. Uh, man dies after bee attack at his wife's funeral. Now, there's a 50-year-old man. He was burying his wife, and... There was a, a beehive. I think they were actually uh, cremating the body, and the bee bees were disturbed by the flames and the fumes from the actual um, funeral. And all the other people uh, around there, they actually ran away from the funeral. But the guy who's actually it, it, the husband, didn't want to leave his wife's side, and so he actually got caned by these bees and got stung. And I think he had around about three. It doesn't say how many stings he had, but he had a few stings in him, and he died from the actual bee stings. Wow. I've no, never seen happened. a... This I, happened about uh, six weeks ago. Did it? Yeah. Ah. So I've never seen a swarm of bees, ever. Uh, I don't really I've want to. I've never seen them airborne. I've seen them on something. Yeah. But never... You're not like that cloud... Like plague of locusts approaching mm, you, kind of thing. No, no, I've never seen that. The worst we get is drunk wasps and drunk bees because we got um, uh, apple trees out in the back garden, and the ones that fall to the ground and start rotting, they all start eating them, and they will get mm-hmm. they get drunk on the the cider from the beer uh, from the apples. And they can be a bit of a, a pain in the ass. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, next one is quite famous, I think. Uh, uh, it's been mentioned on a couple of podcasts actually. Uh, a roller coaster operator, he got his hair caught as he was greasing the uh, roller coaster cars. Roller coaster accidents terrify me. Like I, mm. I would hate to be caught upside down. You know, those people get stuck for two hours or so. I, I would freak out. I, I have uh, major claustrophobia kind of issues. Uh, going going back to. Stemming from hazing on the part of uh, supposed friends of mine back in the day. Mm. But um, when I go on a ride, I'm always looking and like, oh my god, that branch seems low. You know, so wait, the the train or the coaster goes through this tunnel and wraps around real fast at this angle. And <laughs> you know, people got their hands up high. I'm curled up in like a, you know, telling my kids, stay low, stay low. Yeah, you're in, you're in the fetal position next to them, yeah. and they're like, hey. It just. Oh. It's one of those things where, like, if there's a if there's a mistake, it doesn't really have the built-in safety features that, like, an airplane or 
I think you'd be surprised it. on the amount of safety gear that you got there on these roller coasters. I think you'd be very surprised. I'm sure there's three or four fail safes on there. I don't know. I I look at um. I mean, my kids are real small. My wife's petite, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm the guy when they you know they you get the 16 year old kid. He pushes the lock thing down, and he's got a lot of play in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, shoulder harness. You feel like you can slip right out, and uh, I, I'm always afraid that like if you don't make a conscious effort of making sure it holds you in, that that you could slip right out of those things. But I hope you're right. I I get so worried though. I, I'm not a big fan of these things. I'm the guy always holding the coats because I can't stand the click as you go up. I think if oh. it was a fast starting one, then I I wouldn't be too bad. But it's just as you're going up the hill and you're like click 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 all the way up to the top and you're just getting higher and higher and you're looking around and I, I want to get off. You need a button right next to you and yeah. just to hit that. <laughs> Let me off now. And that's it. Hey, this is Paul Goble, host of the Paul Goble Show, and you're listening to Apotheosis, a a uh, something of a bombast. I don't fucking know. My first thought was this was a decapitation. God, I feel like just for everybody's sake, I, we don't mean to be cold or callous. It's just there's only so many ways you can talk about the things we're talking about here. Yeah, but if if we took it too seriously, God would be. You know, killing ourselves now. Yeah, uh, there's no disrespect intended for any of the people involved. It's it's just, and we're certain, we're not laughing at the incidents. We're just discussing the unusual circumstance and our own, <laughs> our laughing at us for the things that make us afraid. Yeah, it was written down, so we we're allowed to read it out. Yep. Now we have. I know we have a couple listeners from um, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. We have a couple of listeners from Wisconsin, but this incident actually happened in Washington, which I know we have a couple of listeners in the Seattle area of of Washington. So I keep saying Wisconsin. This guy, he was uh, actually scalped, wasn't he? I think he was trying to spray the lubricant on the guides of the Super Loop 2, a ride in Island County Fair. Yep, in Whidbey Island, yeah. northwest of Seattle. When his long hair got caught on a car full of fairgoers, crying out loud. It basically scalped him, and then he fell and landed on a fence. Now, there's another um, death of a, a boy who lost his hat, I think it was a little while ago. And he climbed mm. over three or four fences saying, please don't climb over this fence, you will be killed. Yeah. And he went to pick up his hat, and he surprisingly got killed. Silly brat. Well, why would you be lubricating the tracks as a, the cars are going round? It says... Uh... He was struck and dragged upward by the car before falling onto a fence set up around the ride, apparently trying to lubricate a squeaky wheel when the accident occurred. A tireless showman who spent hours keeping his equipment in top shape. Hmm. A perfectionist. Here's a a matter of someone who gets three pages. Three pages is his uh, article about his death. It's, It's a bit more of a dramatic death than rolling down a hill. On a uh, ambulance stretcher, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. But even that, it's not so much about his death. It's about him and what a hardworking guy he was and a nice guy he was. And things, you know, anecdotes about how when someone was uh, stuck on the side of the road, 
Mm. You know, the guy went, picked him up, brought him to get the supplies needed, brought him back home. I'm I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but why lubricate a moving roller coaster? I I'm not going to say he brought it on himself, but you know there there's a time and place for lubricating the wheels on a roller coaster, and I don't think it's as it's flying past you at ninety miles an hour. You're not going to get a lot lot of lubricant on there at the time either, are you? No, no, unless well, you've probably done it, and I've probably done it too, where something's making a funny noise when it's on. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you turn it on <laughs> while you're attending to it. Maybe it was that kind of thing. Maybe it's... Oh, yeah, we've know. all done stupid things, haven't we? Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate this this had such a high price. Yeah. Lots of screaming kids around it, I bet. <laughs> all a nice day fun at the fair and all of a sudden a dead body falls on top of a well, fence. Well, I think it's the kind of thing that people probably didn't even realise what happened. Yeah. Anyway, to another stupid man. A naked yeah. man dies suffocated in a condom. A thrill-seeker trying to give himself a sexual high killed himself by pulling a condom over his head. Gary Ashbrook, 31, was discovered naked on his bed alongside three empty cans of nitrous oxide he used to blow up the contraceptive. <laughs> the, I remember there was something in the news recently about a, a musician. They said he died in kind of the same, like an erotic act, something about like that uh, self-torture. There's been a few. Um, Michael Hutchins, he died like that, didn't he? I think so. Uh, who else? Who was the... There was a politician who died like that, but he had stockings and suspenders on at the time. That was over here, though. Uh, who's the other guy that died recently? Like, how sad would it be if... Obviously, this looks this way. You know, he's naked, it's all this stuff, but... If it was just the most unfortunate, again, right out of the movies, kind of like comedy of errors of like, he reaches down to pick something up. What's this? Pulls it open, trips, fumble. You know, mm. it's kind of hard to make this all come out the way it did. But if it was someone who was completely buttoned up and straight laced and all, and and just because of the bizarre set of coincidental circumstances that resulted in him. You know, he's he's in a bathrobe. Bathrobe gets caught on a hook as he falls, and it becomes naked man head in a condom. Yeah, and he has to have been doing it for some sort of uh, sexual gratification. Yeah. Well, there was a story uh, my brother-in-law told me uh, this weekend, and I think it was on the Creeping with Armstrong podcast as well. They they mentioned this uh, about a a vicar. Who ended up with a uh, King Edward potato up his bottom? Jeez. <laughs> but his alibi for it was he was uh, hanging curtains naked in his kitchen, and he f- slipped and fell onto the potato, and it got wedged up his bottom. <laughs> now we spoke about this just for a, a brief second, I suppose, and. The shock of the, this vicar actually landing on this potato. I'm not saying that he did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just guessing that he lubed up this potato and shoved it right up there. Yeah, it's not likely to go very easily on its own. No, but th- this is another a comic strip thing, isn't it? He lands yeah. on the side and oh, he hears a floop. 
and he looks around, he gets off the side, and where's my potato? Where's it gone? Where's my spud? <laughs> the, the one thing that I have to just, I have to give the benefit of the doubt because of is when I turned 21, I went out for my birthday, was drinking by color, blacked out at blue. My, uh, I worked in a bar. The bar owner, the bar bouncer, bar owner's girlfriend, and my friend who'd come down to celebrate my birthday watched me walk right out the bar. And I wandered around Philadelphia and I'm getting mugged. Ultimately made my way back and all, but not without <laughs> a huge lump on my head and, and minus my wallet and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I had to go and get a new driver's license. And I remember going to the Department of Motor Vehicles to get it. And the clerk at the counter was like, Oh, because a lot of people turn 21 and give their license to a friend and then go get a duplicate for themselves because they can prove they really are 21 years old. They have supporting documents, but then yeah, their friend has like a, a good-looking license. And so she accused me of doing that. And I was like, hey, <laughs> no, I I was stupid. I went and got mugged and really lost my license. I understand you probably hear that story a hundred times, but – no, this really happened to me and feel the lump on my head and all, you know. So I can, can to an extent relate to the idea that it would be <laughs> the bizarre seeming excuse might actually be true because I certainly yeah. lived through that kind of thing. But that said, uh, you know, not, not the condom on the head when you're naked or the potato up your butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an x-ray if you Google... Uh, light bulb, you can actually uh-huh. find an x-ray of someone with a, a light bulb up their bottom. <laughs> yeah, there's some, some pretty interesting x-rays. Maybe that should be our next topic on weird and wonderful things found in the human body. <laughs> yeah, if if any of the listeners know of any stuff, or if you've done it, and if you've got proof, then email it to us. Moving on. <laughs> number number four, <laughs> we've actually covered before. This is the uh, man who died in a vat of chocolate. Oh, he yeah. earned himself a uh, a title, a moral on our previous episodes. That's the right. interesting thing here is uh, there's a photo. And, it, you know, they say it's really easy to talk about something when it, you feel no connection to the, you know, you can make fun of someone you don't know. And, mm. and uh, most of these stories we've gone through so far, there's been no, no real photograph of the unfortunate person. It's, you know, stock photo of a roller coaster or some, some weird graphic. Mm. But uh, this is, again, someone we talked about before, a guy who worked at a chocolate factory here in New Jersey. And uh, I think he was trying to clean one of the vats, and he fell into it, knocked out by the mixing paddle, and uh, so he, he died. Yeah. But there's a photograph of him, and it's just, uh, it changes a little bit to see the, the face. I, f- I feel a bit more connected to this guy now. Yeah. Brings it home a little bit as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Not, not that it, he was any less of a person before, but it, again, from a sense of a moral, he might give us another moral here that when you have your uh, obituary, be sure a photo's included. <laughs> you don't want people to sit there and be like, Ellen McManus died age 53. You want, well, there's a good-looking guy. I, he reminds me of my nephew. Mm. Yeah. How sad. I wonder how his family is. And... Yeah. Well, we've covered this story anyway, haven't we? Yes. So, but yeah, behind every every story here, there is... The human tragedy behind it, isn't there? Yes. Do you remember the other uh, thing we had covered once before? They were the last photographs that uh, my friend Rose had sent us. It was like um, 
Oh, the last one was from yeah. the tsunami. Like they found the camera after the tidal wave came, and they looked, and there was basically a, a picture of the, of the wave coming. And yeah, that was haunting. Yeah. Right. Next one on the list is my favorite. Sorry, <laughs> if there has That's to be right. a favorite I, death, it then, is. It's then most this is ironic. It. We'll call it. Okay, all right, then. A lawyer demonstrating the safety of a window in a skyscraper crashes through the pane and plunges to his death. Gary Hoy, 38-year-old lawyer and senior partner of the Holden Day Wilson Law Firm in Toronto, Canada, fell to his death on July 9th, 1993, after he threw himself against a window on the 24th floor of the Toronto Dominion Centre in an attempt to prove that the gas was unbreakable. <laughs> now, this guy, it's, it's a scene out of a movie again, isn't it? Or a cartoon. And I've actually imagine... seen this on Mythbusters. They they spoke about this guy. Um, the idea being that the change in air pressure, because the building is pressurized on the inside. Yeah. And and that they, their theory or the myth was that that had made the unbreakable window breakable in a way. What's our high speed wind running past past the pane at the time? Uh, it might have might have created even more of a vacuum. But there was. They had a whole, I can't remember the ultimate outcome, but I do remember Toronto, Canada, lawyer, 24th, you know, that whole context. Mm. Oh, speaking of Mythbusters, actually, there was a, a show, they showed, um, sorry, they had an episode this week, and they actually did a myth that I've thought of for the last two years. I was, I was sat down with my dad, and... I said to him, what was if you covered a car in golf ball dimples? And I actually tested it out on um, Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. And it worked out it, it's more aerodynamic and it cuts through the air a lot cleaner. Hmm. It's probably ugly, though. Oh, yeah, it's, it's dog ugly. <laughs> but it's 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 one of them little things I've always thought, because I'm in, into Formula 1, I was just wondering if they could actually, on the edges of the wings that they use or around the side pods or around the air intakes... You could put these little, this golf ball uh, pattern, basically, these, these dimples around the protruding area or the face where it hits the, the wind the most. Not cover mm-hmm. the whole car in it, just these, these first points of contact with the air. Put the dimples around there and it has sliced through the air a lot quicker or a lot <laughs> smoother. And I thought around, that around about two years ago. I said it to my dad at the time as well and he was... I'm in an R, and he said, you know, there's no reason why it shouldn't work, and they've gone and done it on Mythbusters and proved that it does work. So, you know, next year there's going to be NASCAR and stock cars and lots of other cars using the golf ball effect. Yeah. I I (laughs) thought of it two years ago. Send royalties to Eldon McManus, care of Bombast Podcast at gmail.com. They can't do it now, though, can they? Mythbusters have done it, and I'll just be copying their idea, but... But we can uh, backdate this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this uh, poor lawyer, let's get back to him. He's uh, thumped himself against the window, proving that it's not going to fall out, or it's, it's unbreakable. And he's like, yeah, this is unbreakable. Takes a running jump hit, and he's bounced off of it. And then he's gone for it again, and the window's actually popped out, and he's plunged three or 24 stories to his death. Yeah. Bizarre. Nothing more. Uh, you to just say. have to wonder what he was thinking. Uh, you know, he's like, no, "No, it's not supposed to be this way. I've done this a hundred times." You know, that <laughs> moment of shock on his face as it pops out had to be. 
on his way down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't uh. laugh. I shouldn't. No, laugh. I know what you mean. Well, then that ties nicely into number two, where someone fell on top of another person. Oh, the man dies crushed by suicidal woman. Yep, she yeah. jumped from an eighth floor window and landed on top of someone. Oh, how's your luck? You know, I, I think things like that, though. Like, I'll be driving at night, you know, and knowing that people have been out drinking and things like that, and I'm, I'm fine, but I come to the intersection and I'm nervous because there could be someone who isn't, you know. I, I'm in my lane. I, there was one time I drove, um, I drove from New Jersey to Connecticut to go pick up a friend of mine late at night, just kind of on the spur of the moment. I asked if he wanted to go camping and he's like, yeah, so I'll come get you and come back down. So I went to get on the highway and uh, we have entrance ramps and exit ramps and I'm going up the entrance ramp and there's a car coming down the entrance ramp. Oh, (laughs) coming. And my first thought is I'm doing something wrong. No, no, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And judging by the fact he's driving like 70 down the ramp, uh, he has no idea where he is. Crush. But, you know, I, I had time and space enough to swerve around, but, you know, things like that, you, you just don't know. You can't control what, what other crazy people are going to do. No, that's right. So, so it, I mean, it's, I, now I, I'll be looking up when I'm in the city. I'll be looking up high, watching for for anything, even stupid things. Like, I think about, you know, people throwing pennies. Yeah, I get worried. Stuff. Not not from buildings, but just driving over the off oh, a bridge. Well, yeah, you're driving down the motorway and you see kids on a bridge, and you just wonder what they got in their hands because there mm-hmm. there has been stories where they dropped bricks off and killed people where the the bricks gone through the windscreen and killed the driver. Yeah, and you just I just see the the figures on the the bridges and just wonder and this time over to that the side time, or, yeah should I change lanes you know. Mm-hmm. It's just spooky. I remember being a kid and standing on motorway bridges and just looking down and just curious at all the cars going underneath. Yeah, there's no sense of consequences. So it's, you never know what, what someone will decide to do, just not realizing just how bad it is. Mm. I mean, my kids would never do it maliciously, but I'm sure if, they, if there was no adults around and a friend came up to them and said, hey, let's drop a nickel off, they'd probably be like, sure. They wouldn't think twice about Oh no, that might go through the window and No, you're just throwing a uh um It's like throwing a pebble into the the lake. Or just spitting off the side of the the bridge. Yeah. I, I bet hundreds of kids do that. I bet hundreds of kids are doing it right now as we speak. <laughs> Alright, let's wrap the list up here. Okay, go okay. Go on, I'll most let you do tragic, this one. most bizarre accidental death. Drum roll. Hang on. Is woman gets smashed by huge Taco Bell sign. I actually think some of the other ones were a little more amazing. Doesn't that happen on every top 10 or top 12 list that we do? I think it's the site. And I don't think the lists are so bad on the site. I think the sequencing is the issue. Mm. I think this is... Number one, more for the reason that this woman's, I can't remember the story behind it, but she's gone to meet a couple of people, and she's turned around to the people that she's meeting and said, oh, I'll meet you underneath the Taco Bell sign. And they've turned up and actually found her underneath the Taco Bell sign. 
See, now I don't know. That sounds to me like something that that's a revised story. You know, the right underneath the big Taco Bell sign is either urban legend added in or the friends sitting there wanting to make it more ironic, like how tragic it was. Like yeah. she said, let's meet under the sign. That Or journalist twist, yeah. possibly. I call shenanigans on that one. Not that her <laughs> death is any less tragic. I wouldn't call shenanigans because there's two pictures blatantly saying... Oh, yeah, she's definitely died underneath <laughs> the sign, but the fact that she sat there and said, meet me under the big Taco Bell sign. Yeah. And they pull unlikely. up, and there's the van crushed underneath the sign. And, you know, it doesn't even look like it's a well-maintained sign. If you told me that that Taco Bell had shut down six years earlier, that's how it looks. It's all rusted and such. But, it is, yeah. But then again, that's probably why it fell. I'll meet you under the rusty sign. You know, that's the same sign, too. Like, they all think it's cool how it creaks and sways and stuff. Have you ever been in a high-rise building that swayed in the wind? Yes. And it's windy. Even 30 stories up, it's really windy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go far from, you know, sea level to get the wind on you. My son's fascinated by the building. um, There's a building somewhere that, that has, like, a hole in it built into it so that the wind can pass through. I think I've seen pictures on. Have I seen? It's one of the of tall. It? I don't know if it has a hole so much as it's. It splits into two spires that are connected by a bridge. That's in Kuala Lumpur, isn't it? I the so. uh, Petronas really, really buildings. Building. You got you got the Petronas buildings joined by a a bridge that goes across the middle around about halfway up, but they're and more towers. One that I think is kind of like a helix shape too. It's a, that's a different one. Yeah, and there's another. One of the tallest buildings in the world is—is is it in Taiwan or it's a very weird shaped building? And they've got a pendulum at the top of the building that counteracts the sway of the building, and it's so big and it takes up so much room at the top of the building that they've actually made it into a feature and they've put like a walkway around it, and you can take pictures of it and actually see it very slowly moving. And it's so cool. I'll never be in that building ever. Well, here endeth the top 12 of accidental deaths. Yes. Well, I had one other bit of um, thing that I was going to suggest that we add in here. Give me one sec to queue it up. Everybody knows about the September 11th plane crashes and and how they just changed everything. And uh, literally two months after that, there was another plane crash in New York. And um, I have an article on my on my blog, I'll put a link to it. I won't go into the whole thing about it now, but um, a really, really good friend of mine, um, her uncle was a pilot of that plane, and it left New York City, and it uh, took off, and what, what ended up happening is basically the tail snapped off the plane, and it crashed in, in New York, not high-rise section in New York, but Long Island section of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, people thought it was like, another terrorist attack then it turned out to be um clearly not and it the big thing was it was pilot error they call it pilot error because the pilot's actions caused the plane to uh tail to snap off and then it's a matter of well whose fault is it the pilots were taught to do x and they did x and it turns out that wasn't the right thing to do and right all, all that stuff so um november 12th 2001 was the date of that plane crash. And it was uh, American Airlines Flight 587. 
then Captain Eddie States was was my friend's uh, uncle, and I always every year I I always get in touch with her, and and I always and it's weird because I I actually had never met him personally, but I know his sister, I know uh, my friend, obviously, and, and that whole family. I, I just always felt for that, so I, I did want to mention mention that in some way, kind of acknowledge it. I don't know because it just it kind of gets lost. Yeah, and, and you don't realize how often. I mean, there's been a lot of plane crashes uh, and accidents over the years, and obviously, to the just like the things we talked about, the people who are directly involved in it, it means the world too. To other people, it, it's it's almost like a oh yeah, they canceled this, we can't go here, they changed this rule. You, you don't really feel the effect so much, but uh, sometimes it's it hits closer than you realize. Yeah, some people it's an inconvenience uh, to them, isn't it? Yeah, and and I'll I'll put a link that just kind of to that article, and you can just kind of get a little more detail of just my reaction to that all. But there's there's a link that I had found a while ago, and and it might seem like a morbid kind of fascination, but in the intent of of just th- keeping in mind the fact that there were there's people involved and these things happen, and and um, it's so easy to forget and lose track of of what goes on. I was struck by this website that has basically the last words from the flight recorders of of planes involved in plane crashes, and it's it's really touching and tragic in a lot of ways. And and again, not to bring everybody down, it does include things like that Aloha Airlines flight we talked about. Oh, okay. Um, that's actually on there. All right. So this website it has on on uh, this page. It's it's planecrashinfo.com backslash lastwords.htm, and we'll have the link in the show notes. But it has um, the flight date, the airline, the flight number, and then the actual last phrase. And if you click on the flight date, it has a full transcript. But, again, not not out of like a morbid – you know, some, some people just celebrate or really get into that kind of like I, – I, I looked at it more as just kind of sad because as you look through – these these list of um, basically last things. There's there's a lot of them that are. One is Ma, I love you. Um, a couple of like kind of shocked, almost afraid, kind of. Um, you know what what's happening here? Mm. Uh, we can't get in contact with the flight attendants. There's there's lines of um, basically direction. You know, push it all the way up. All the hydraulics have failed. Um, I have the strobe lights in sight. Watch out for those pylons. It's it's just I don't know. To me, it was really interesting. And um, wow, I just I don't know. Like I, I, it gives you a human element to everything, doesn't it? Because there are, and it it does make you remember things. Like there's TWA Flight 800. I remember that one. That was also off the coast of New York, and there was this big speculation that it was uh, a terrorist attack or even a a U.S. military missile. They thought it had shot it down by accident. Okay. But the the pilot of TWA 800 was Egyptian, and he had said something. Um, well, the, the last line here it says translated is, "I think that was him. I think so. God bless him." Oh, that's from their traffic control. But there's, uh, he said something that made it sound like he might, he was giving himself to God, kind of like, was it out of suicide? Was it out of, I know I'm going to die, so 
yeah please accept me kind of thing this value jet flight 592 i remember that that crashed in the uh florida everglades the mm-hmm. football players died on that i can remember that and it's it's international they're not not just uh, domestic things no it's japan airways china airlines Louder. it's just it is really like for us to read it, I think it would lose something to, to read out loud, but it is just, as I read line by line of these last words, it, you can just, literally in my heart, I just feel like heavy. I can feel like this resignation of they know they're going to crash. Yeah. Or this fear of they don't know what's going on at all. And uh, Are we going to really play any? Just, or? Pardon me? Are we going to play one or? Or not? Uh, can, uh, is that an option? I didn't realize it was. I think so. I think they're all MP3s. Ooh. If uh, if you want to try one or two, it's all right. Let's give one a go. All right. My heart is in my throat. Oh, that's haunting. That is horrible. Like, not well, yeah, haunting definitely. Whoa. And I, I could barely understand the words. I, I'm sure if I opened the transcript up, I'd be able to understand a lot more mm-hmm. of the the dialogue. But I, like, literally, my arms are flush, and I, I just, I feel. Ooh, I, someone's ugh. just walked over my grave. Definitely. Ugh. And it's, you know, I was hesitant to bring it up because there are people who sit there and were like, how disrespectful, how could you do that? But I mean, we're not sitting here mixing it into our latest rap album. Um, I bring it to mind, bring it to light today out of, but that same thing that makes me reach out to my friend Colleen every year um, and acknowledge, you know, her uncle's death because I feel like, that's what that's what you hope for for your loved ones to pass away. You you want them not to be forgotten. You don't want life to stop forever for everyone else who's still around. But you know, part of what gives someone's life meaning is is that there's a something that lingers mm. and an impact they had, um, or whether it just be a memory. And and I always feel like when I talk to her, I, I hope I always say to her, I hope it's not like an unpleasant thing. I hope it's just kind of, hey, someone who who has no direct connection to it is thinking of my uncle today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I brought this to light, cause each of these recordings with the exception of, well, each of these recordings involves someone who passed away. And luckily with that Aloha one, the plane actually was able to get down. Only a few people died in that, but there's, yeah. there are, uh, other ones. And, and like I said, I just bring it to light, not with this kind of like, Oh, I can't believe they're doing that, but just, I, I don't know which which airline that was you just played, but I, like I feel for all those people and their families right mm. now. Just I've got the um, Aloha one there. All right, well, that's, that seems fitting since we did talk about uh, Miss Lansing's death. Yeah, it's only fifty three seconds, so it's, it's okay. not too bad. Hang on. Hello, 243, clear your position. Request current, thank you, Mallory, for landing. Request the equipment. 
43, the equipment is on the roll. Plan 3 in runway 2, and I'll keep you advised on any wind change. Uh, we're going to need assistance. We cannot communicate with the flight attendant. Uh, we'll need Okay, I understand you're going to need an ambulance, is that correct? Affirmative. Hello, 243, can you give me your souls on board and your fuel on board? We, uh, 85, 86 plus 5 crew members. Roger, how many do you think are injured? We have no idea, we can communicate with our flight attendant. Okay, we'll have ambulance on the way. There you go. Wow, now that's not the full transcript. Clicking the link, I can see that it goes a lot more and, uh... I know we've said it before, but it does just put a human link into it, though, doesn't it? You know, when you see these, you know, the worst disasters ever on TV, and you see a, an aircraft come down or a, a car exploding or anything like that, all you visually take in is the airplane or the train or the car or the helicopter, and you see it as as that is destroyed. And yeah, it's, and it's very hard to see that people are actually inside there. On a lot of what they show on TV, they won't show it if people actually die. So when you watch Destroyed in Seconds, it's always a spectacular crash and explosion. And he got away with just a few broken ribs, or he was, yeah. you know, they. And not that I, by no means, do I want them to show like the gore and and the graphics and stuff. But I, I can understand how they sit there and say with kids they play these video games and people die or they see cartoons and people die and get right back up and hit the mm. reset button and there's no consequence at all. And again, it's destroyed in seconds. This bridge collapsed and you see um, total destruction and nobody was hurt because luckily it was all sealed off at the moment or yeah. um, racing accident. They, they just don't show it when bad things really happen, but worse things do. Ooh, they're just very, very haunting, and you, you ugh. Like, there's not a lot I can actually say about that. They're just haunting to me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I, I do just feel partly because I have this connection to to my friend Colleen and and the plane and from November twelfth. Absolutely, the September eleventh attacks and the plane crashes that happened and what the people did on those planes, unparalleled in in so many ways. And and deserving of of all the attention it gets and its place in history, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there are other, there are others, uh, and and maybe not on a global global scale. Each of them is is equally significant. But to at least somebody, it's just as significant. Yeah. And when you see these stories on the news of people dying or people in floods, and do you ever? Uh, think about what would you do in them sort of situations because I, I have found myself doing that a lot more since I've had kids yeah I yeah I do I do because I I can't see we have like medical programs on here called Holby City and Casualty and my, my girlfriend will sit down and watch them if there's anything to do with kids I can't watch it anymore yeah I just can't I don't want to put myself in that frame of mind where I'll be putting my kids in that position and thinking of what I'll be thinking at that time. And I see a, a tragedy on the news and, like, say, the tsunami. I'll be mm-hmm. like, okay, what would I be doing? You know, I'll be gathering up people. I'll, I'll be looking for the highest ground. I'll be looking for shelter. Or maybe in like a hurricane or a tornado or 
I don't know, some natural disaster. I always look for the way out, or if you, if you, even if you watch a movie, and you think, how would I do that? How would I do that? Let's see how they do that, and maybe I could implement that if that ever happens to me. Yeah. And I, I always find myself doing that. I always find myself analysing what I should have been doing, or what I could have done, or would there I is have a show. That? There is a show on, and I'll. Find, I'm pretty sure it's on Spike TV here, and it's. I think it's called Surviving Disasters. And it tells you like what to do if you're in this situation. You know, if you're on a hijacked plane, this they kind of role play it and they talk through what you should do. Or if you're in a flood, what you should do. And mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I I hope. I, I'm sure, like most people do, they, I hope that in a crisis situation that I'll act in a, in a certain way. Um, like I always used to think of like when they had like the Columbine school shootings and and the things that attacks in the post office and stuff I I really believe and this was kind of before I had kids I would sit there, I, I really believe that I, I would have been <laughs> fine standing up to someone or being the one who kind of like tried to slow them down or, or yeah. confronted I, I don't know if I really would but it, now that I have kids I, I feel like I have the sense of responsibility to not do something reckless but at the same time I just don't think and I hope I wouldn't be the one who kind of turned away and and uh, you know didn't didn't step up when they reached for the <laughs> the hostage the girl behind me to be, have her be a hostage that I would at least say whoa whoa, whoa you know leave her alone and yeah I, I don't know I I do like you do I, I sit and I think of like well right, if something happens where would I go what what would I do I, especially with my family with me I'll be like okay they say put your mask on first take care of the kids but. It's just Yeah, that's oh. what they say, isn't it? Yeah. See, even coming into land in Stansted, coming back from Portugal, and that was probably one of the roughest rides I've ever been on. And it yeah, I scared the bejesus. I, I don't think I actually mentioned the one coming home. I only mentioned the one going out there. The one coming home was a lot worse. <laughs> and it did feel like a roller coaster, and it, it really scared the bejesus out of me. That was really bad. And I was... I actually turned around and made sure the kids are all right because I weren't sitting next to the kids. And they're just smiling away, going, do, 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 this is great fun. And you think, they've got no perception of what is actually going on. Yeah. We're just in a little aluminium tin box flying through the air quite crazily and we're bouncing up and down or dropping. You, you, when you're in a plane, mm-hmm. you don't know whether you're dropping 10 foot or 100 foot, really. Right, right. I, I I don't know if that's true, but that's that's the way I see it. You know, it could be ten foot, it could be twenty foot. I'm not too sure, but it's just so hard, just so hard. You know, watching the kids, and they're they're so happy and smiling and enjoying that, and I'm sat there going, shit, I'm crapping myself. I'm actually cacking my pants right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to make them nervous, but at the same time, you want to. You're guarding for them. Yeah. Well, I I just I thought that was a very powerful website, and uh, and I will I will ask, you know, if, if you're unfamiliar with uh, with any of the plane crashes, absolutely, like look into them. Just just with the, not out of morbid curiosity, but just to honor those who who did go probably too early, and and definitely if you're unfamiliar with um, American Airlines 587, then just take a minute and and learn a little bit about what happened then too. Hmm. Um, 
we we should end a little more lightly. We uh, we did get a link and some feedback from Anna in Indiana. You might remember she had the promo at the start of our previous episode. A uh, little bumper, I guess it is. But she gave us a link called friendorfollow.com. F-R-I-E-N-D-O-R-F-O-L-L-O-W.com. And I have to preface it. It may hurt your feelings to go to this link because what it does is it tells you who's following you that you're not following who you're following that's not following you and you know how many people that you're following them and they're following you so it kind of divides up these categories so it, it's pretty cool and it's definitely worth checking out but if you're <laughs> a little tender egoed like Elton and I were saying in our last episode we could be you might not realize like oh I, I didn't know they weren't following me anymore I thought they were my friend yeah know? It hurt your feelings when you find out who is following you and who isn't following you anymore. Keeping on Twitter as well, um, some smart ass has started a new um, Manus McElton. <laughs> so, uh, bravo to you. You're the man. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, and it's it's actually saying quite amusing stuff. So yeah, whoever it is. Don't tell me who it is, please, because I think it's quite amusing. And <laughs> keep it up. I think it's wicked. <laughs> I have my fi- uh, official first stalker. That's wicked. It's funny. Like I had that psychic nickel thing that I had done literally as just an experiment. But uh, some people, there's a uh, Shatner's wig, or Shatner's ego, and yeah, Igor and uh, Jacob's banana. Are they following it now? No, I I oh, uh, I don't know who's following the McManus, uh, Manus McElton, but I think it's only following you, me, and two other people, which is probably a clue to who it is. Right, I'll, I'll tell closer. you who it's actually following. Yeah, mm-hmm. this Manus McElton is following you. It's following Jason Moore. I don't know who that is. It's following me, and it's following the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> so I'm guessing either you've set it up. No, it's not me. I've set it up. It's not me. Jason Moore set it up, or one of the Jonas Brothers. Bleh. One of the Jonas Brothers has set it up. It might be. We might be more popular than we realize. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, we should come up with a moral for today's show. You had one early with your news story, but we've probably forgotten what it is by now. Yeah, I can't remember. There that was now. one built into it. That was so long ago now. People listen. So it should probably have to do with lube in your coasters. (laughs) Lube your coaster after hours. (laughs) Wait until after hours to lube your coaster. I'm I'm cool with that. That's fine by me. (laughs) All right, all right. So then today's moral, the moral of today's episode is, wait until after hours to lube your coaster. If you're a fan of Lost and you're not checking out Rethinking Lost, I don't know what's wrong with you. Get on it. Listen to Rethinking Lost. Send us uh, some email at bombastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at SHC1970 or Elton McManus. And that's that's basically it. So thank you guys for listening. I hope uh, you enjoyed the show and we'll see you in another week or so. Thank you very much, guys. And I'll see you later. Bye.
Apotheosis of a Bombast was brought to you by Elton McManus, Scott Kopman, and the magic number 5.